You are, you are now, now listening, listening to Fresh is the Word Podcast the word podcast i'm your host kelly k fresh frazier like always we have the freshest of guests for you and the guest for this episode is comedian author journalist and screenwriter Teresa lowe she has spent years writing about sex for hustler magazine she currently has a show on youtube called talk with tilo she's been on countless online comedy shows during the pandemic the first time i saw Teresa was on a crazy woke asian show that was put on by past guests Kiki Young. During our chat, we talk about her Midwest upbringing, her YouTube show, sex work, sex sex education, working for Hustler Magazine, bad relationships, and so much more. It's always fun to talk with uh, Teresa Lowe. She's a good friend now, beautiful woman, beautiful soul. Um, Just a note, we we recorded this before that, that horrific incident in regards to the you know the day spas and the killing of the Asian American people in that um Teresa Lowe is an Asian American and um so so we didn't you know we didn't touch upon any of that in this interview cuz we did it before all that happened um but there you know there's I, there's a few things I want to say about that is that um between that and then there's another mass shooting in Colorado and and you like the one in Colorado, you know, the, bo- you know, both those incidents were horrific, both domestic terrorism, both white supremacy, you know, white privilege was going on. But like, you could see a difference in the empathy that people outwardly gave the victims of the Denver um, mass shooting in comparison to the, the spa ones. And it doesn't really sit well, you know, and, and it's not like the victim's faults in any of this or the families or whatever, but you do see that there is a level of white supremacy and white privilege on every level of these incidences, even in the most well-meaning ways from people. And we, we these are hate crimes, but... The, the the one in regards to the the day spas like that's a hate crime that was specifically targeted towards a certain type of people Asian Americans and it should be treated as such and a lot of people are trying to spin it in other ways and no 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 it's a hate crime and then there's so there's been such a rise in hate towards asians in in america that and it hurts and it was very and those flames have always those those flames were just erupted fanned so much by you know our previous president and the in the in his his followers and we're seeing the we're seeing the results of that, you know, the the lasting results of that right now, and it's really sad. But um, you know, like this isn't like a like to me like we gotta do much more than thoughts and prayers. We have to call out our people, who um, call out the people who definitely, man. Call out the people who say anything, who, you know, use any sort of, you know, offensive, you know, verbiage towards Asian, towards anybody, whether you're, you know, your race or your sexuality or anything. Um, because, you know, words matter and there's people who take those words in, a, you know, a certain way, you know. And that's the result of it, you know, violence. So, yeah, instead of thoughts and prayers, which that's 
okay, that's a given. You know, we need actions. We need to, you know, stand up against this shit. So, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm there. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing better. I'm, I want to do better to be able to stand up. That's why I'm saying the words right now, you know, stand up against this shit. Um, but, um, yes, yeah, yeah, it's all I can say about this. Um, besides that, everything's going pretty good in my life. We're, um, almost done. I'm pretty much done with the spring cleaning. I just got to do a few more things and then I got to really get started on the, cause I'm, you know, I'm doing this Twitch show about Detroit music. Um, I got, so I got to go to like little technical things about that. Um, I'm going to be bringing, I'm going to be adding stuff to my Patreon soon, mostly like videos of interviews that I do. So go to patreon.com slash fresh is the word to sign up only $2. You can put more, but at least $2 a month. Help me out. I got records to buy. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, after a small break from our sponsor, let's get into this interview with the beautiful and talented and fun Teresa Lowe. Before we start this podcast, I want to definitely remind you of a sponsor for Fresh of the Word, 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest. In the world of wrestling, where there's hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads, don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. So if you'd like to discuss a possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or even Zubaz, then drop them a line at 20by20apparel.com. That's the number 20, X, the number 20, apparel.com. And also check out their enamel pin line. It's super cool. All right, welcome back to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And like always, we have the freshest of guests for you. My guest for this episode is comedian, teacher, model, and writer for Hustler Magazine, Teresa Lowe. How you doing today? I'm doing good, Kelly. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing I'm doing cool, man. It's it's the weather is starting to break here. It's getting a little warmer here in Michigan. Um and I'm doing some spring cleaning. So uh yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good. Yeah. yeah, it's warm here in LA too, which is really nice. And like there's enough like uh stand up comedy now that's happening live. So I'm excited to finally like get out there and get off Zoom. Nice, nice. Yeah, I seen you. You know, started doing some stuff outside. Yeah, you you originally from the Midwest, right? I am from the Midwest, so I'm from this town called Coffeyville, Kansas. So it's like this really small town, like ten thousand people. It was like most famous for having like a rodeo every year. Like it was very, very country. And like, so my parents they came here to the United States from Taiwan, and they ended up in Wichita. And then after they came to Wichita, they're like, oh, we're going to move to this smaller place. And so they went to Coffeyville. And so I grew up there. It's crazy, like, some of the places that people from, like, Southeast Asia come from where they land mm-hmm. in the United States. It's, like, it's it's so weird sometimes. Yeah, because it's, like, um, like, my dad, he was a, like... He got a master's degree in physics and so like Wichita like gave him a full ride or whatever and that's what brought him to Wichita and he just kind of loved Kansas so I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> like this is cool this is cool so <laughs> it was no I, I'm I'm glad that we're um that we're getting to we're able to uh link up here on the podcast you know you're definitely somebody that like the moment like I found out who you were, you know, and I, I think it was through a uh, Kiki and uh, the crazy, crazy woke Asian stuff that oh, like, yeah. I, I love that, that uh, brand she developed. It was really cool. Right. I was like, yo, I love her, man. She, I got, I got to meet her. I got to know her. Like I had like a friend crush on you, like instantly. Oh, thank you. She was like, I'm like, you, yo, this chick's funny and I love her. How did you find uh crazy woke Asians? Um, 
this is oh i gotta go back into my uh pre-pandemic brain for this um so um dude i have no i remember the around the time but i can't really uh, oh boom i know it was um what's her name her name's rosie um Rosie Tran? Rosie Tran, yeah. I had her on the podcast a while back, and she was um, a suggestion by one of my previous um, um, podcast guests, and I, you know, came across Crazy Woke Asians because of her. Oh, and, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I love Rosie, too. Rosie's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. I had her, and then um, I had Kiki on the podcast eventually, and, um, you know, I just, you know, I've, I've been following Crazy Woke Asians ever since, you know. Kiki likes <laughs> likes it when I come through because I'm always saying shit in the chat, you know. <laughs> Just like I do when I come through to yours. Oh yeah, no, we I, I love it. Yeah, I love it. She loves it. It's like fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, let's talk about your uh, you know, what you do uh, online these days. Um, you have a uh, um a show that you do during the week uh, on YouTube. Talk about that. Yeah, so I started this YouTube live stream called Talk with Tilo. And like, I've been kind of like fiddling with the format a little bit, but I guess the main thing now, um, I like to interview people about their relationships. And I think that's really fun because like, I like to know why people's relationships work and don't work. Yeah, and yeah. so it's really cool when people are like really honest because sometimes you're just like, oh, it doesn't work because people made it too complicated. And sometimes it works just because it's like, oh, you're just chill and you just, you know work out. And I think that's kind of a cool thing. I feel like when you hear other people's love stories, it can help you with your own. Yeah. How, how, how has that helped you just like in your, your daily life? Yeah. I mean, like, I think so recently I was dating this guy, like I finally became like a cougar and was dating someone younger than me. And I've never done that before. And then it turned out he was secretly married the whole time, tricked me or whatever. And like when I was interviewing people about like their different like love stories, I started to figure out like, oh, okay, this kind of explains why this guy did that to me and like all his other stuff. And just I really just started to like learn more and more just about like myself hearing from other people's stories. I was kind of the same way um, because a few years ago, just through this whole process of mine in life, like um, – I started listening to like sex podcasts and getting more into like, you know, learning about sex workers and sex education. And that really helped me find myself, you know, find like, find like my, you know, my, you know, my sexual identity, my gender identity, how I want to express that. Um, Because, because in sex work, because there's so many obstacles that, you know, sex workers and sex educators got to go through that they're always innovative and they always got to think ahead, you know? So a lot of time, like there's no really, there's no bullshitting around with them, you know, um, you you can learn a lot from them. Yeah. Because I, I love sex workers because I feel like they're the most honest people, right? Because it's like, if you're paying a sex worker, it's like you are paying for something specific like you can't not or i mean you can not be honest but for the most part it's in the payer's best interest to just be honest about what they want you know because i think in real life when we're on dates and stuff like that like people front so much that they waste a lot of their time and i think it's because like you know i'm in my 30s you recently turned 40 and it's kind of like we don't have time to waste anymore right it's like i don't want to go on these dates and like spend like hours of my life, maybe months of my life. And then we get to a point where we're like, oh, we don't match because we don't know what we want, you know? And I kind of like the idea of like, when you really find yourself, you can get what you want so much faster and be happier faster. Yeah. It's just like, I don't need, there's not even with dates. There's a lot of things I don't like to go out to and just like waste (laughs) my time. Like, yeah, no, but that's true. It's like, it's a lot of the thing about time wasting, you know? And so, yeah, like, I like the same thing that you're talking about when you talk to people and they're very honest and you really start to figure out like, oh, I like this or I don't like that. And then they're cool with it. Like they don't judge you. And I think that's kind of the main thing because in the real world, people are so judgy, you know? It's yeah. There's, there's so many, there's been so many like really bad, like social constructs and everything. Uh, one of the things like me and my uh one of my best friends Lane we uh 
we always been talking about recently is like the middle-aged white woman and how terrible that they are and for society you know and because <laughs> because they're they're kind of like there's a lot of power in that group of people um you know they voted a lot for trump in the last election it's like those sort of things kind of um go through but a lot of times i kind of see some of these people who kind of fall in that and i'm like i know at one time you were a lot more free thinking and i know a lot of times you were a lot more rebellious than this you know and i think they fall into that the those social constructs about like following their husbands you know following the you know sort of the white men in society you know they they get scared almost like that there's they they buy into the the fear-mongering of our of our society and i think that makes sense because if you think about it it's like uh there's like a saying right that when you're really young you're all liberal and then the older you get you become conservative and i think we've seen that with time where it's kind of like oh you become conservative because the world kind of changed in your benefit and then when you're older at a certain point, you're like, oh, I don't want any more changes, you know? Yeah. And I kind of think that's what happens to people when they meet middle age. They're like, oh, we fought for the world we want, but now younger generations don't change it kind of thing. So it's like, they just want to stick in like what, whatever's in their best interest. Right. And I, and I look, and that, and like I said before, like in the world of like sex workers and sex educators, and even people who uh, are on the LGBTQ spectrum, they always have to change. They always have to innovate because of so many obstacles that are, are uh, you know, headed their way that I love. I, I was able to learn more from those people because like they're, they know change is inevitable and they're, they're fighting for change and that change is always going to happen. There's always going to be something more that they, that needs to be done. Yeah. And it's kind of a weird thing about society is like, People are just so uncomfortable with sex, but everyone's obsessed with it. And it's almost like, in my head, the people who are most against um, the gay community are closeted gay people. It's like, like for instance, I'm going to just name Lindsey Graham. To me, I'm like, you are the most, you know, he's fighting to take people's rights away when I'm like, you can tell he's a closeted whatever he does, right? But he's fighting so hard to like ruin other people's lives. And for the most part, other people... They just don't care. You know, it's like if you're for it or you're against it. But like he is so against it where I'm kind of like, there's something weird going on here. Right, right, right. Like, they doth protest too much kind of thing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. So um, for a while now, you've been writing for Hustler. Um, mm-hmm. You know, recently uh, Larry Fent passed away. Um, and you, and you, you, show, you, you told a lot of, you know, stories about, you know, working at Hustler and compared to some of the other jobs that you had kind of talk about that and how like that job was so you, you like having this job and it's, it's a lot more, and there's actually a lot more progressive than any other jobs that you had that were they kind of put on the front that they're progressive. Yeah. So it's like fascinating. Yeah. It kind of goes in with everything we're talking about, like how people present themselves with what the truth is. Um, so I've been at Hustler for about six years now. And like before that, I was pursuing like other types of writing. I pursued screenwriting. I was pursuing more like mainstream media, like uh, online websites and stuff like that. And they presented such a different image of what it was like to actually work there. Like I worked at one company where they presented themselves as we're very pro woman millennial. They made all this like content to be like, you know, fight for your rights, (laughs) women. And and like, you know, this is how you have the perfect house. This is how you have the perfect life. And then when I actually worked there, like the, the woman who started the company, she was cool, but she's in San Francisco. The LA branch was run by, an old white guy and the old white guy was like such a pig and like I remember I asked for um a raise and not only just asking for a raise it was like I was actually performing at a high level and I was like can I have more money or can I have a better title because my title wasn't matching what I was actually doing at work and he was just like well you don't have any kids so why do you need more money and I was like well that's not you know the image you're telling uh, the women who read your site. And then not only that, I was kind of like, 
what? And then he said he wouldn't even give me a better title. So I was like, okay, for one thing, you're denying me money, but then why don't I even get the better title? I think he just didn't like me, but then he offered to give me like more responsibilities. And I was like, no, okay, no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is not a plus, right? I but already then, have more responsibilities. I'm already doing that. Yeah. And so I was a little bit like, I don't get the title. I don't get the money. What are the responsibilities you want me to do? Then he told me that he wanted me to develop TV shows for them. TV is big money, right? Like oh, yeah. internet work is kind of like you make a living, but internet work will never pay what TV will pay. And I was kind of like, oh, well, if you want me to make TV shows, can I get a new contract saying at least I'll get whatever if the TV show goes? And then they were just basically like, well, we came up with the shows. You're just researching the shows for us. I was like, you're asking me to come up with concepts and come up with the actual show structure. I am making this show. You don't want to pay me for a TV show. And so I just ended up quitting. I like ran away because they were trying to scam me basically. Yeah, it's it's scam, like scam, scam. Legally scamming me. And like, that was how they treated me at this women's positive website. Um, and so I was kind of like, these are the sharks that I used to deal with. And then when I like, you know, started writing for Hustler, they were so nice. It was like, you write this, you get paid for that. It's fine. It was just so simple. It was like, yeah. do your job, get paid. That was it. No one treated me bad. No one like disrespect. It was just such an easy place to like work with. And like the people were so nice. It was just, it was wonderful. Versus like this website pretending to be like pro women was the most anti-women place that I can think of. Like I always think of them as the worst. I mean, it could always be worse, but as for me, a really terrible experience as a woman. Yeah, going back to when they were like, why do you want more money? You don't got any kids. Like, I hate stuff like that. Like, they, you know, they do that to, uh, like, like people have done that to black uh, folks for a long time where they're like, oh, you should be happy what you're getting, you know, and, and stuff yeah. like that. And it's very like, who are you to tell me how much money I should be making, you know? Like, well, there's no not- limit. And not only that, right, saying this no kids thing, this company was calling us independent contractors when we're clearly employees. We had to come in at a certain time yeah. of day. We had to listen to our boss, whatever, not give benefits. And then it's kind of like, but that also hurts you. Let's say you get fired. You don't get unemployment. Right. Let's say you get sick. You have to pay for your own insurance. So I was like, let's say this. Let's say I had kids. They still weren't taking care of me if I had kids. So it's like, which is it, buddy? It's like, are you for mothers are you anti-mothers this company was just terrible to women in general what sort of uh you know what sort of things do you like to write about you know for hustler i think with hustler like well the coolest thing is like it's so open to what you could write about right it's like you know when it comes to the topic of sex there's just so much out there oh yeah relationships you can talk about like bdsm or whatever i think my favorite thing is just that when i have a topic and i can find experts in the field who are very open i feel like i just learned something new you know i think that's like the coolest part is like when people are at least the people who are willing to speak with me they're so they know themselves so well that they'll just tell you how it is right they don't bs me which i think is the best part and i feel like that's my favorite part is uh the honesty i get yeah that's um that's something that i've really experienced throughout my life when you can build that sort of reputation people will be honest with you and it's a good and it feels good yeah and it's also in their benefit to be honest right like i remember i did an article once about like um there's like a fetish where like people like to dress up as babies and like wear diapers and stuff. And like, they have a caregiver as their like partner or whatever. And like, you know, the person I interviewed was just like, yeah, you know, like, you know, wear our diaper and we have this giant crib. And so and you're just kind of like, well, good for you. I mean, it was just so interesting. Cause they were just so like for it. And they're just kind of like, they're just talking just, about it. Like just nonchalantly, just, just like it's a normal thing, you know? And I love having those conversations. It's like now I'm like, I will part of me is a little sometimes scared if I'm going to like offend somebody just in real life or whatever, because I'll just start talking about sex in a normal way now. And I'll I'll, and not in a like a slimy way or a perverted way or anything. I'll just start talking about sex in a normal way. And like, that's just how it is with me now. Like, that's something that I've learned to, to do. 
and I'll just be yeah, and I'll, I'll just say all the turn. I'll you know, I'll, I'll say blowjob in a way that just sounds like <laughs> the word the, you know. <laughs> I think it's like how you do it, right? Yeah. Because if you talk about sex with other people, it's usually like some people get uncomfortable, right? But for the most part, if you just talk about sex, I feel like it's fine. I think the only time people get scared really is when people are like. I want to have sex with you. And then that scares them, right? But as long as people don't do that, they can be more open as long as you're not basically trying to like proposition someone. People <laughs> are willing to listen about lifestyles or like things you heard on the news and stuff. But I think some people don't understand that difference, you know? But once you know there's a difference between just talking about sex versus propositioning, I think there people can be more open. Yeah, like that was one of the things that like I really was really important to me past few years was I just wanted to be able to talk normally about all this stuff, you know, Uh, because because growing up, I was like, I always felt like I was different in a certain way, you know, like I didn't have like. I wasn't like a bro that's like, yo, I gotta get some pussy this weekend. (laughs) Nothing like that. I just didn't feel that way or anything. So there's like a lot of times throughout my life where I'm like, am I gay? Am I gay? But no, I'm like, I, I like women. I'm like, yeah. I love, you know, I love looking at naked women. I love women. Women look good. And, um, but I also, you know, figured out that there's like, you know, I do have a little bit of attraction to men too. So that's why I eventually came out as queer, like pansexual, but like cool. still my preference is women, you know, to, you know, to date and whatever. But I think the thing that I was looking for most, and it was something that wasn't discussed until recently was gender identity spectrum of that where i was like i feel like i had so now that you know i identify as non-binary because Mm -hmm. i don't really all the time feel like i'm in these boxes of these constructs that makes a male or a female you know it just like there'll be times when i'm i'm a total dude you know a total bro total man you know but then there's sometimes where i i really do feel like i think more like a woman you know have and i really that's why a lot of a lot of times i connect with uh like you know women and i find someone like you interesting and like be able to connect with things you're saying is because i feel like i have that i feel like both of my like like the men like the the male and the female parts of me are equally high and it's like and it's not even a battle. It's just like they, if you can, if you know how to like balance those, you know, and be honest about it, it's almost like, it's really fun. Actually. It's like, it's like a superpower, I guess, you know, you can be like, you can just be a lot more comfortable with like everybody and, and yourself. So when I figured that shit out, I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, th- this is what more I was looking for. Like, thinking about how I fit in the constructs of society. Well, and, you know, other than like, who do I want to sleep with? You know, who am I attracted to? Like, yeah. that's what I was looking for. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense too, because like sometimes when we figure out our roles in like society, it's like, we're all part of a community, right? So it's like, we can't really just be by ourselves. And once we kind of figure out our place, it kind of makes it easier to like navigate where you're going, you know? And so I think that's cool. And like, when you're talking about when did you discover that you were, I mean, when did you come out as non-binary? Um, that would, it would, it was just before the pandemic. So it'd probably be like, it, it was in, um, it was in October of 2019. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wrote this whole essay that I've posted on my website <laughs> about it. I gotta actually send it to you. You should read it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, I like to hear about people's like discoveries and stuff. And like, um, what other changes once you came out as non-binary? What other changes in your life started to happen? I think actually the changes kind of came before that because oh. a few years before that, I uh, I quit drinking. And then probably about six months after that, I started like, I realizing alcohol really um, hampered my sex drive. And so a lot of the, the, you know, the absence of certain feelings and urges that I didn't have before was probably because of alcohol. (laughs) And, And then, so that's, you know, that confused me like, 
like that that confused me because of that so when my body started sort of healing back from you know from drinking so much and being sober like i started seeing like feeling more of like the real feelings that i had so then probably 6 months after that i uh started going to therapy and being able to uh you know organize my you know what's what i'm what's missing in my life like the holes of my life you know and i started kind of understanding more things there um and then a year after that is when i um i started on medication uh being on lexapro and that really like cleared a lot of static in my brain to be able to understand myself more so by the time like i finally um you know came out with my identities it was like all right cool and then after that the funny thing was is that like after <laughs> after i came out it was just like the start of 2020 i was like i was finally ready to put myself back out there because another thing was 5 years pre uh, pre um previous to that i had gotten out of an abusive relationship um this this woman that i was with was was like for a few years was very emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, you know, and it took me years to really recover from that, you know, because after that, I was just kind of like a shell of myself. So 2020 hit and I was just like, I was ready to like put myself out there, ready to start dating, ready to start fucking, you know, I was like, I want to fuck, <laughs> you know, and then it started off fine. I'd, I'd gone on a couple dates and it was like, oh, okay, th all right, this is going to, this might work. You know, I feel like my energy is right right now. And, and there's women that are feeling that, you know, and then boom, this pandemic hit <laughs> and it was the biggest like cock block ever. But I, <laughs> but during, during this pandemic was like, I did learn a lot of things during it also. Uh, because I had the time to sort of uh, experiment with myself, you know, and to where like, all right, what do I want? How do I want to express myself? Um, what's like, what are the things that are important to me when it comes to expressing my, you know, my gender identity or my sexuality? What do I want to put out there? And, you know, at first, sometimes, you know, when you're doing this, you're like, you still kind of have those like bigoted minds, like voices in your head that you can't like, Oh, I can't say, I don't want to say this because it might, you know, you know, I might get some, you know, blowback about it or whatever. But then I was like, I don't care anymore. I'm just like, I'm just going to be me. And I'm just like, I was, I've never been like, I don't want to say the word normal, but I've never been like just, like I'm, I'm, I've always been a bit of a loner, you know, one, you know, I li I live by myself right now and I love living by myself. I love my space, you know, even if I was in a relationship with somebody, I need to be in a relationship with somebody who likes their space and likes mm -hmm. my, and I like my space and we can have our space and yeah. stuff like that, you know? So I, I, uh, I'm at a, you know, a good place right now where I can just be like, all right, I'm like, but this this pandemic has been like crazy because i was so ready to like go out there and fuck and i was just like oh shit dude i'm like and now i'm like figuring out ways to pleasure myself and some of that gets old <laughs> after a while what's interesting about the pandemic is like the time we all got to spend with ourselves is like what you're talking about like this like you kind of discover more about yourself which maybe that's actually kind of a good thing where it's like it kind of slowed you down a little bit yeah. to where you have to like think which like you know at the end of the day maybe that's not that bad for everybody it's like oh okay we had a year yes. to think about ourselves and... i have a lot more patience now yeah i have so i'm really good with patience now because i'm like i don't rush myself to do anything anymore at all right and also like i i felt like this way with the pandemic is like it really makes you appreciate life where you're like oh this person is kind to me this is the kind of life i want to live where just everybody's kind like i don't want to be around these toxic drama people oh yeah that too like yeah, yeah. It, maybe that's good it's like it slowed us down to where you're like 
oh, I don't need to be treated bad. I could just go to my house and just relax. Yeah, I don't need to be around these types of people, you know. And like, you know, you when you see red flags, but a lot of times we ignore them, you know, for a a variety of reasons. There's a plethora of reasons why we uh, we ignore red flags, you know. And I did, and I and I ignored a ton of red flags in that abusive relationship I was with, you know, just from the beginning. And but now I think we've we've become comfortable with being like, oh, that's a red flag. I don't need to be around that at all. Yeah, it's so funny about this red flag thing. It's like it never ends up being good, right? It's like if you noticed it, it's like no, it's gonna get worse and worse. And it's, it's kind of like when is the moment when it's too much right like so for you when you're talking about that uh abusive five-year relationship how soon did the red flags come out no they they were coming out from the beginning but it (laughs) it was just i had got myself into this thing with her that it's hard to explain what what our relationship was too it wasn't like a normal like boyfriend girlfriend relationship it was it was just weird you know and i i don't know how to explain it because it because it sounds so weird you know and and i still have more questions than answers about what it was you know (laughs) wow well it's kind of a thing though is that let's say you were to explain it where you think it doesn't make sense but you're just explaining it like factually like this is what it was what would it have been it would have been it would have been like a woman that I really liked and we had a connection with, but then I started helping out financially with her and mm. basically that turned into quicksand and oh, I- the money kept on leaving me and I kept on getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And along with that became a lot of abuse from her while I'm still financially supporting her was there any romantic element or i mean was the romance really the you taking care of her with money situation it mostly was but there was at times when we were like kind of romantic a little bit but the good times were so few and far between mm-hmm. but she was like really good at manipulating stuff that like it was just all she was always keeping me hanging on and I didn't want to leave I wanted to leave but I couldn't you know like you know like the you know the stereotypical man beating their their girlfriend or their wives and they don't want to leave like that's how I felt you know like did you feel like it was a little bit of a financial domination kind of situation or do you think it's more just like because you didn't really actually want that it's not a fin dom kind of thing no it was it wasn't anything like that i wasn't getting i wasn't getting off or anything about it it was just like taking from you and just but there was something i was being i was something that was taking control over me that i couldn't stop it you know like oh like i felt like the 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 carrot being dangled that, you know, this is going to be over with was always like presented to me constantly. Like, oh, this is the last time. This is the last time kind of thing. But it just kept on going on. And I like like my parents finally had to like, dr- like drag me out of the fire, you know, and basically like basically lock me up, you know, <laughs> to to get away. And I was just like a shell of a person, you know, I was, I was like, I, I, I was so skinny. I could wrap my hands around my, my waist, you know, cause I, you know, I didn't have money to eat. I, I would eat anything I could get. I would, I was so depressed and anxious that I couldn't eat and woo, it, it was nuts. And it, it it fucked me up. So I, I and I was already a person who didn't, who never really had a good love life or anything, an existing love life before that. So, like this really fucked me up, you know. And it took a while for me to even like, you know, get my head out of the sand, you know. Did you feel like? Were you already drinking before the relationship, or do you think the relationship made you drink more? 
No, I was already drinking before. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I was, I was still drinking during that thing because I was like the only little escape that I could get at times. <laughs> but but to be honest, I was actually like not drinking that much during oh. that time also because I just couldn't afford it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's a crazy thing too because like some people just take, you know, like we don't know what they want exactly, but like I guess in your case it was money, but it's like, wow, it's just – it's hard to escape and like it's a very common thing once people kind of latch on to like get them away plus she was taking like all my time and energy too because she didn't have a car so i was driving her everywhere and it was just like sucking up my money my life my energy my soul my everything you know and it was just like i i just didn't know how to get out of it you know and I had to finally like break free and be like, you got to be cool with never getting this money back because she always say that like she can repay me back. And I'm like, I got to be cool with that, you know, that I'm never going to get this back, you know? And that was like the thing I needed to get past to be able to walk away. But it was, it was, it was nuts though. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm finally to the point where I like, that seems like another lifetime now. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting. There's actually a theory called sunken costs where it's like, sometimes if you invest something and it looks like what you're talking about quicksand, people will be like, well, I don't want to walk away because I invested so much in that. But it's like, no, you're throwing your money away into quicksand, walk away, you know, but they're like, oh no, I already put in all this time or all this energy and blah, blah, blah. And they won't leave. But it's like, it's, it's the thing. It's like a, it's a black hole and you will never get your time or your energy or money back, but you just got to leave. You can't give any more to it. But I mean, it's hard. Like emotionally, it's so hard. Right. And that's why I don't mind talking about it now is just because I want other people to hear about it because a lot of people's scenarios that they talk about now, while they're important, they can get out of their situations. And And that's the thing, there's no shame because like even the smartest people or whatever, it's like we all can get conned. We all can get tricked. We all can get like emotionally attached to terrible things. Like we're all human beings. And I think we think in our heads like, no, I should be smarter. This is like, no, someone tricked you. That happens all the time. Like we should not feel shame. You know, like I think one thing, I think one thing that helped me uh, when I became a stand-up comic is like, I started to just talk more about stuff. And as I became more open, I realized like nothing can really hurt me anymore because it's like, oh, but I told you this. Like, I think I, I don't know if you heard this on my podcast where I talked about this crazy guy on Patreon try to like bully me. He was like, yeah. I met him on an app and then on Patreon, he's like, give me your number. I was like, well, I don't want to like go that, go there with you, right. but um, you know, whatever. But he was like, are you just having problems because you've been cheated on? I'm not like those other guys. And I was kind of like, you're taking things I openly talk about and trying to use them against me. That's like a sign of abuse. And like, I, it's kind of funny to me. I'm like, I know what you're doing. I know you're, you've already exhibited that you're an abusive person. Abusive people take your problems and try to stab you with them. That's, that's what they're, that's what she was doing in my relationship. Cause we, to perfectly honest, I had made a lot of headway with her figuring out my, uh, my sexual identity and, um, and gender identity then, but she used all that back at me as a weapon. Yeah. And you're kind of like, what I'm supposed to, you're supposed to be helping me or I'm trying to be open with you and you're taking my secrets and trying to whatever. And, but the cool thing about it though, is now because you're so open about it, you're kind of like, I have no secrets. What are you taking, like, things I told you to try to hit me with? Like, who cares? You know, it's like, once you reach a certain point where you're like, this is me, who cares what they try to, you know, use against you? Because there's no secrets anymore. There's no shame. And there should be no shame. But it takes a while for people to get there. Yeah. And what I went through in comparison, I'm like, I'm not scared of anything anymore. And that's what made, that's what made coming out a lot easier, too. It was like, I, I went through this thing. And... It was awful. Like, I don't, if anybody wants to even come close to like being awful to me like that, I don't need you in my life, you know? Already done it. Like, that's what's funny. It's like, you did it once. So the second person, you're just like, I already did this. I don't need it a second time. Uh, you know, like, 
but, yeah, it's like, but everybody was cool when I, you know, I came out and I dropped that, uh, you know, essay and everything. And I, I was slowly telling people that was really close to me beforehand. Um, yeah. like, and I was only, I was like, I'm going to, I was only going to tell a couple people at first, but yeah. the more I started telling people, the more I wanted to tell people like just face to face or like one on one. So I, I'd like probably told about 50 people <laughs> before I even, before I even dropped that essay, you know? And they were all cool with it, right? All the people you thought were your friends end up being supportive. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like, oh, okay. The, the, the more I talked about it, the more I wanted to talk about it, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. I think you, you probably also discovered this as well, where it's like, Maybe one nasty relationship, but that was one person. 50 people were all cool with it. So you're like, oh, this the only one person was terrible. 50 were great. And it really reminds you that the majority of people in the world are nice. You don't have to waste your time with the terrible ones. Yeah, the, like that loud minority, you know, can really fuck you up, but. Yes. <laughs> I agree too. That's why I'm always like, I'm always like no hater policy. Like anytime anyone exhibits any type of hater-ish tendency, I'm like, get out, you either need to change or get out, you know, but it's like, we're not going to tolerate that because yeah, they can poison all the nice people. The majority of people are nice. And I truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, that, that's been my experience with all this. So now I'm just like, all right. And like, during this pandemic, there's a lot of things where everybody kind of like got brought back to the same level <laughs> and we're like, a lot of people have to humble themselves themselves, you know? And um, to the point where I'm like, all right, I was a I was able to take this time to sort of like, you know, dive more into to all of that, you know, and but there was a time that I had totally forgotten that I had come out because of how <laughs> how crazy this pandemic was. I had totally forgot that that happened. I felt I was like, I was like, oh, shit, I came out last October. <laughs> Well, like, we forget about the passage of time, right? Like, yeah. if it's January 2020, I think that's a different year. I don't think of it as 2020. And I'm like, wait a minute, January 2020 was still normal. Yeah, it was, exactly. And I'm just like, so So on that day when I, I realized that, I was like, I posted my, uh, I posted that essay again. I was like, all right, this, <laughs> this, uh, this pandemic kind of put a weird thing on me. And I totally forgot all about this. So I'm just going to. I'm going to, you know, refresh my mind and everybody else's mind about this thing that I did. <laughs> and that's good too. And you know what? More content. Like just keep reposting it. <laughs> right. Every once in a while I get an idea for another article I want to write, but then like I forget about it. Like every like when you think of shit in the shower, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though about that because like I wrote an uh, an essay Gosh, I can't, I think I wrote it in like 2010 or something. And I still like to show people that essay. I was like, I'm so proud of this essay. I'm not going to write a new one about this topic. Like I was like, this is the best essay that right. come out me about this topic. So yeah, it's like, just keep, keep showing it, you know? And like, also sometimes I recycle my old ideas too, like constantly. Like I have, you know, so my parents, uh, they had a Chinese restaurant and I constantly write stories about Chinese restaurants and like, you know, each story, I think it's better than the other one, but it's like, I keep going back to the same topic. And I, I think that's a normal thing for the writing process is like, keep doing it until you're, until you're absolutely done, you know? Yeah. Because a lot of times, even those same topics, there's uh there's like new, you know, evolved ways that you can, you know, kind of go about it. Like new perspectives yeah. that you figure out, you know? It's even like, let's see these like uh, articles for Hustler, right? It's like sex, there's really not a lot of, you know, it's just two people or multiple people or whatever, whatever number of people, but it's like sex is sex, but it's like every time it's different still. Like, it's just very strange. It's like, it's the same, but different. And so it's like, you have new things you can write about new topics and like, so yeah, I guess I just view it as that. It's like, it's okay to use the same topics. It'll always be different. Yeah. And we're learning more and more about like just the human body, the human mind and about sex now that there's always this endless like pool to kind of get you know get information from now like yeah we're, like i would be, oh sorry what were you saying no but we're still learning about the human mind and how feelings still work you know th this thing right here that thing right there 
isn't a complete, we haven't figured out everything about our bodies yet. You know, science hasn't figured out everything, you know, it isn't yeah. done, you know, we're still figuring shit out, you know, and some people are mad about that for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's even funny too, like this concept, like you can study something as much as you want, but then the experience will still always be a little different. Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, I, I remember I went to this, like, uh, it was a seminar. It was like taught by this dominatrix. And I went probably like five or six years ago. And I went and I was like, I had a great experience, but it was like five people in her sex dungeon. And she's giving us this lecture. And I was like, oh, interesting. And then I went back actually like a few years later, same teacher, same topic. But this time it was like, you know, 50 women in there. And she was giving the same information, but like, the experience was so different because like of the students in the class where she was, you can almost tell she was just like, what has happened to this class? <laughs> because like when I went to the first time and it was a really small group, it was like, it felt like she was trying to teach new dominatrixes how to be a dominatrix, yeah. right? Like that's what it felt like. But when I went to the second time, same class, uh, supposed to be the same class, but different people, it was basically like her teaching a bunch of sub women how to stop being so submissive. <laughs> 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 because like, I walked into that seminar, it was like 50 women. And like, I, it's almost like you can tell people's energy what they are, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, I could actually see there's five dominant students and the rest were all subs. And the subs started to reveal themselves by the questions they're asking. They're just like, so how can I get a man to pay for everything? And you're just kind of like, wow. It sounds like a different thing than what this uh, teacher was originally trying to teach. But it was very funny because, yeah, it was the same course, but 100% different experience just because it was like, who's, who's there? The chemistry, the moment. It was it was very funny. And the teacher was just kind of like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> I think we're in this this weird sort of transitional period where more people are talking about sex, so you're 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 finally getting some of these people who are like dipping their toes in more, and then they're confused. And then they're mad, confused. confused. Like they're so confused, and like I actually find that adorable. It like, is because I meet people who are like very repressed. Even like um, different ages, they could be young, old, whatever, but you could just tell they're very repressed. And when they talk to me, they're like so excited to like get answers. But I'm kind of like, I can't give you answers. Like I, you have to like discover yourself. Like I don't know what you secretly do or what you secretly think. It's like, right. but you, the only thing that I can say is stop lying to yourself. <laughs> That's it. But other than that, I have right. no other answer. There's, like, yeah, there's this like this balance where – now something I definitely learned where you can you can research, ask questions, study, but there's also a part of you where you gotta like listen to what's going on inside of you and experiment with that, you know. Yeah, I mean, and one of my podcasts was so funny. Um, so I interviewed this comic named Suwon Weaver, and I love her episode because she's just so open. But she was describing how. Um, she has a tendency of people who leech onto her financially and almost try to like drain her of money. So a little similar yeah. to what you're talking about. She actually has that happen to her multiple times. And I was telling her, I have this weird thing where basically married guys try to date me and they lie to me to trick me into relationships. And I'm like, how did I get so many lying married guys? How did you get so many financial leeches? And so we kind of both were like, what are we doing? that it keeps being the same type. Like right. financial leeches are not coming at me. Married people are not coming at her. So there's something going on within us that these patterns keep happening. And we haven't really broken why it happens, but it's just kind of fascinating. There's like patterns and it's like something that we do that attracts it. Yeah. It's just something that's, it's intangible. Like you can't even yeah. like, you can't even put your finger on it. You know, it's just like, yeah. I I know like to a certain extent that what happened to me could happen to me again. And I just yeah. got to be smarter about it, you know? Hey, and you know what? The cool thing is you are honest enough that you're like, it could happen again because I'm the same way. Like with this married 
situation, my sister has to call me and be like, don't answer his phone call anymore. Cause she knows that I could fall for it again and again. So it's the same. And there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're aware and open, people around you will try to protect you from yourself a little bit, which is cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, to kind of close things out, um, thank you for being on the podcast. Love talking with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's kind of some final thoughts, you know, when it comes to everything like sort of that you do, um, you know, when it comes to your life, um, kind of trying to figure figure all this shit through using comedy and writing about, you know, sex, you know, what are some of the things that like just anybody that's listening to this podcast could sort of get from it? I think the main thing is going back to honesty is that like for instance when I was younger I was always weird and artistic and things like that and my parents or particularly my father always try to like repress me where he was like go be a lawyer and he would yell at me or if I was like too outgoing he would be like yelling at me to like be more quiet and things like that so it's like I never really got to be who I wanted to be and then I moved out to Los Angeles like right after I went to college and even though he wasn't around, he would call me and like yell at me and be like, what are you doing and blah, 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 like very controlling. So I guess for the majority of my life, that was kind of like the controlling presence for me was my father. And it took me a really long time to just be like, oh, I want to live the life that I want to live. Because if I had lived the life that my parents wanted me to live, I would have been a very traditional, like, I'd be a lawyer, but I would be married with kids. And like, now that I'm like in my thirties, I'm kind of like, I don't necessarily dislike uh, the idea of having a family. Like, I think that's cool, but like, I wouldn't like a traditional life of being yeah. like a conservative lawyer, you know, like that was not me. And so it, it took me a long time to be honest with myself. And, you know, like even when I was writing for Hustler, I started writing for them like, you know what six years ago but i also had like other freelance writing uh jobs and i wouldn't tell people about hustler i would focus on the other ones because i was like oh i don't want to be associated too much with like sex and stuff yeah. like that and then it got got to the point where i was like this is the longest writing job i have why don't i just tell people about it and also it's really cool why am i hiding it yeah. so i i spent a long time hiding things about myself and i spent a lot of time being basically yeah hiding is still lying you know yeah. and so i think that like i was so much happier when i started to just tell people what i thought when i started to just because also when i told people what i thought and what i wanted i started to actually get that so it's almost like if you hide what you really want and you lie and you say you want this the universe will give you what you said you wanted not what you actually want so just be honest and you'll get it you know like when i started talking more about like oh yeah i love bdsm because i just want a guy who follows me around i want like a sub to follow me around and like i just kept saying that and then it's at a certain point, like people started to come out and be like, Hey, you said that. And I was like, cool. Okay. I finally getting what I wanted versus before I used to get like the traditional, like, you know, husband, Stepford wife kind of situation that wasn't making me happy. So I guess, yeah, I guess the long answer for the, <laughs> for the short answer is, uh, be honest. You don't have to hide. Perfect. Perfect. Hide. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you uh, for uh, being on the podcast. You're a joy to talk to. I, thank you, Ellie. Thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely. I always, I always love seeing, like, seeing your uh, your stuff online. So I'm glad we're able to do this. Where can uh, people go online to get more information about you or any of your shows or anything you're doing? So on Instagram, I have two accounts. There's Teresa Lowe Writer, and then there's Teresa Lowe Presents, which focuses on comedy. Uh, also, I have that YouTube show at youtube.com slash Club, so you can find clips of the show there, or you can watch it live Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, come swing, come swing through. I can't even talk. Come swing <laughs> through throughout the week on YouTube and kick it with us, because I'm, I'm, I, I pop in sometimes in the chat. And I love when you pop in because you have really good comments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Fresh of the Word podcast. Hosted and produced by myself, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. 
and powered by Anchor at anchor.fm slash Fresh of the Word. Fresh of the Word theme music provided by Steve O. You can find more of his productions at imsteveo.bandcamp.com and that's E-Y-E-A-M-S-T-E-V-E-O.bandcamp.com. Fresh of the Word is available on all major streaming platforms. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you want to support Fresh of the Word, please consider pledging via Patreon at patreon.com slash Fresh of the Word. Follow Fresh of the Word on social media on Twitter at Fresh of the Pod, on Instagram at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fresh of the Word. For more information about Fresh of the Word and our other podcasts, Breaking Records and Renaissance Soul, and a collection of pop culture articles and reviews, please visit freshofthepodcast.com. Thank you for listening and your support. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.